Hello again, and welcome to Rogue Sons, a Star Wars podcast. Today we're going to do a get-to-know-the-host segment, uh, which we're going to talk about our favorite Star Wars movie. We're going to get to uh, collecting Star Wars, so we're going to just kind of go over like what we like to collect, and we're going to do another draft. This time we're going to draft a trench run team, so we're going to draft a team of pilots to go on another trench run or another blow up another Death Star. We can call it whatever we want. It could be 10 times bigger than Starkiller. And we'll send in a team of pilots. We're going to go with four this time, though. We'll get to that. Uh, we're going to go with Star Wars movies. I'm going to go first because I have a good story and I want to make sure that I get it in. When I was a kid, I had a lot of movies that were recorded on VHS tapes. And they were all three movies on a tape. And they're like... I had Return of the Jedi on VHS, uh, on a taped VHS, and I did not have any other Star Wars movies. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I loved Star Wars, but I thought there was only one of them. And it wasn't the first one, so it didn't stand alone very well. Yeah. I, and you know, as a kid, I didn't question it at all. <laughs> so Star Wars was only Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi was the only one. Yeah. So it didn't really make a lot of sense, but... no. I guess but, I wasn't a very advanced eight-year-old. or <laughs> That actually, uh, it sort of reminds me, uh, I didn't know there was an episode two, despite the fact that I loved Star Wars episode three and, like, all the other ones, because I, I, I was a kid when episode three came out. And, like, eventually someone mentioned, like, yeah, you, like, you know, episode two, Attack of the Clones. So I was like, what? Like, <laughs> there's, they, they tell you where the clones came from? And, like... Yeah. Yeah. Sim it's similar kind of... But so that's, that's why I love Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie uh, for sure. And it's like it's not close to me either. Like it's not like, oh, but that's the nostalgic one that I love. It's no, I really do think that it's the best one. I feel like it brings a couple of my favorite things from any Star Wars movie together. Yeah. So it has the Java scene, which I always talk about how much I love Scenes that really immerse you in the fact that it is in another world, right? Yeah, that's like peak Star Wars for that. That and like yeah. just the cantina. The or cantina, for me, I like Canto and, Bite and, like that yeah. too. And yeah, Maz's, Maz's castle, castle is yeah. amazing. It's cool. I just find it's really cool when you're like, well, that guy's made out of a microphone stand. And yeah. you're like, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you see all sorts of crazy things and um, it, it really immerses you in. That's what pulls me in when I watch one of those scenes where there's crazy aliens and some of them are talking weird, different yeah. languages. And, like, and It's cool because you see all these aliens and it's like just random little things in the background. It's like, it's not like they're actually important to the story salacious crumb didn't do anything but <laughs> him being there makes it a better scene still and it makes it more star wars still so yeah i really love this scenes and like there's some great stuff in it too i really love the specifically the part where they're trying to force them off the plank into the uh sarlacc yeah, yeah. pit and i love when uh i i love when 3po is like you know the almighty jabba wants <laughs> you know he doesn't want to see you beg for your life, but if you would like to, this is the chance to do it. Yeah. I love, yeah, I love Jabba. I love uh, Leia choking Jabba. Is like... Yeah, I I actually really like that part. Every time I see it, it's like, man, it's really cool. I don't yeah. know. There's actually, um, in some of the books later, a little bit of a side, side note here, there's some guys who kind of, like, know her as, like, a badass, and they call her the Hut Slayer. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean... 
Um, imagine what it would have been like when you were a Star Wars fan and you saw that movie and you see the bounty hunter character when she first comes in. And Ouch. imagine being like, this is an amazing, like, who's this cool guy? Whatever. Yeah. And then it's Leia and that's just like way out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. true. So it's, it's great. And it's, it's almost like a little self-contained adventure too. Yeah. Um, they go back and they get Han, which would have been great for the people who had to wait for a while after seeing Empire ago. Strikes Back. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, it doesn't really do very much. In, it skips right to like the best sequence in all of Star Wars for me, which is like the three things going on at once. They're, yeah. They're yeah, taking Star down Wars is the best at that. Yeah. And they, I feel like they did it so well. Yeah. Like, we're going to start with the end or cutting down the shield. That's that or, or destroying the shield. Yeah. Blowing it up. So, uh, we get the speeder bikes, we get this, the scout troopers who are, are actually probably my favorite trooper of like any, even clones, anything, any of these trooper cool. armor. I really like the scout trooper armor. It's obviously the yeah. least, uh, um, armored. yeah, it's the least armored, but it makes sense. They got to move around. They yeah, got to maneuver a lot more and they, I mean, they wouldn't be hit by a lot of shots while they're riding their speeder bikes. Yes, yeah, too. Yeah. And the speeder bike scenes are awesome. They hold up well. They do, yeah. And, uh, of course, the, the big elephant in the room with anyone who oh. does not like Return of the Jedi is Ewoks. I uh, love Ewoks. I don't mind Ewoks. I don't think, like, I don't think they're the greatest, but uh, like, I don't have any problem with them. And I do like, yeah. like, I like Wicket. And I like the scene where Leia is playing with Wicket, like, when yeah. she first meets him. When she him. first meets him, it's really and cool. And he's, he's got the hat, and he's like, what's this? And yeah. yeah. And then she, I think when she goes to take the hat off, he's like, well, yeah, like, hold this beer up. Yeah. <laughs> He kind of like freaks out. Yeah, it's like she's like cool. taking her head off. He's like, "What are you doing?" What? Yeah, yeah like because they never take those whatever they're wearing off. Yeah. So I think he's kind of like, "What the hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. what, what are you doing?" It seems like they're you know you you think that they're dumb, or, and, and then but they're really sort of really clever. Yeah, and in addition to the new canon, they like they they're good with technology and stuff after the Battle of Endor. So I think you were they, saying like, that in last episode when yeah, we were talking in about the, uh, episode zero, I think. Oh, episode zero, yeah, that's yeah. right. And um, they Wicked like was I, on your team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think they like they learn quickly and they adapt quickly, so they can learn technology or they can learn how to fight these new enemies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Actually, I want to I want to segue into into the last battle or into um, the lightsaber duel. Sure. Because, uh, so Luke was there, but I also want to talk about the difference when you, when you only know about episode six, Luke is such a badass. Yeah. Because <laughs> I yeah, never saw, I, right. I never saw Luke from four or five. You never saw him. So I never saw him as, <laughs> I never saw him as like, oh, I want to go to Tossie Station and get some power converters. Pick up some power converters. <laughs> so Luke is... Luke is a badass. He's all yeah. like he's amazing. I mean, I see Darth Vader as powerful, but yeah, Luke comes in and like gets angry and destroys him. And yeah. I, I just find I always get the like I always get that tingly feeling uh, when Luke starts to go into anger mode and he starts backing up Vader. Yeah, even yeah. Luke's lines when in this movie, a lot of the time he's like. He sh- when he shows up to Jabba's, he's like, give me this back. And, he, yeah. you know, he's like, I'm going to push you off here, feed to the Sarlacc pit. And he's like, you, you can surrender now or I'm, yeah. yeah. He seems very powerful. It's not even time. like badass in the way that he's like, you know, like, all right, I'm going to beat you. And he's like, not afraid, you know, courageous kind of guy. He's yeah. just like completely calm, 
the yeah. entire time during all of the situations he's in. It's a, uh, that's why I, I really like the EU way that Luke went after that, building everything back yeah. up and things like that. But we we can talk about we can talk about I'm where sure he goes later from there. Come up soon. So, <laughs> uh, so Luke is awesome, and I love that the Emperor is the most like Emperor Palpatine is the most uh, powerful character in all of Star Wars, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Like I feel like Yoda. there are other people who will say like, well, there's this guy, and there's you know in the old Republic there was and whatever. But yeah. to me, like the most powerful character that will ever exist, or or not has, will, but has ever yeah. existed so far in the Star Wars universe is the Emperor. So. Uh, him easily, you know, probably could have killed Luke easily is amazing. And, uh, yeah. And Luke was still just there and he didn't fight back. And yeah. In, in the Jedi way, not like he was I feel like I feel like he knew that that's what would happen. That's how he would be able to turn Vader back. I, I mean, I, I don't know, but hope. my theory, my thought, yeah, is that. I think that was his hope. I guess we'll go, we'll go on to the, we'll go on to the space battle. Yeah. So... We do get Akbar, yes, which is do. amazing. Yeah, um, I like Lando in the Falcon too, and there's cool things like I think I love the space battle as much as I do because in the new canon, there's in the quote unquote trench run when they go to blow up the Death Star, there's a character in I think it's in a Y wing, and she's a character in the books later on, and she's like flying with Lando in the Falcon or like flying her ship is yeah, with, with the Falcon, yeah, and like. She talks about, like, man, that was, like, terrifying. We thought we were going to die and stuff. And, like, there's other characters, like uh, Vice Admiral Sloan is there. There's uh, people from Star Wars Battlefront 2. And, like, I love that part of the fight because that's where it's, like, a big crossover to me. I think that's kind of how it feels when you watch it. It's suddenly like, okay, here's the whole rebellion. Here's, like, Lando's here. He's got his... Makeshift Chewbacca with him. <laughs> it's good. Nine and, him? Yeah. And um, he's in the Falcon. Like, he got his ship back, which, I mean, I don't know if people cared about that so much back then, but I think it's cool. Yeah. And it's also, like, it ties together with the other things that are happening as well. And you see, like, the Super Star Destroyers there. It's like the the Death Star from the first movie and the Super Star Destroyers yeah, from the second true. movie are, like, all there. It's the big battle to save the galaxy is what it feels like. Yeah, they're definitely going for broke, too. You, you can tell yeah. they're, like... Well, you know, 90% of us are going to be dead after this, but this we is what to. we need. We all built up to this. Yeah, if we don't do this, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. So that's, like, that's my favorite. Uh, that's Return of the Jedi is my favorite. I it's, it's one of the only movies that I can watch over and over again and still get, like, the feeling that I used to have as a kid. So, yeah. I mean, I think the nostalgia always trumps for most people, and most people can explain why they like the movie that they like. But I feel Nostalgia like very often it ends up being the one that they saw as a kid. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or very much often. That, that's why I love Revenge of the Sith as much as I do. That was like, that's the only Star Wars movie I remember seeing in theaters as a kid, other than mm. the Clone Wars movie, but that movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I like Revenge of the Sith used to be my favorite movie ever, but... But that's not the one you're going to talk about. It's true. You're going to talk about one that might not be so popular with it, people listening, true. but... Uh, I know some people, like, really love it. Some people really hate it. But, you know, just hear me out. It's Star Wars. It's fun. Whatever. Uh, my favorite Star Wars movie is The Last Jedi. This movie, like, it's perfect for me. I don't know. Just, like, the way that it happened is exactly what I wanted to happen. It was, like, this 
space chase that I felt was like fairly intense because, or fairly not intense, but just tense because like the resistance is running out of resources the whole time. And there's this desperate mission to Canto Bight to go try to do like this crazy strategy that like should never work. And then in a crazy twist, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. That's insane to me. And like that, I know that's something that a lot of people don't like, but for me, a lot of what I love about that movie is the themes that you feel in it. And the biggest theme probably in the whole movie is failure. Yoda directly talks about it in the movie. I think Canto Bite is perfect because... Well, I don't know if it's perfect, but I think it's really good because it shows that, you know, sometimes you can fail, but, like, as a result of Canto Bight, Finn saw the war profiteering that was going on. He saw the dangers of not picking a side, like DJ did. Like, he saw that that could leave his friends to die. It could let evil win. And so, on Crate, he tries to sacrifice himself for the greater good, which he would not have done beforehand. He was trying to leave at the beginning of the movie. That's a really good point. Yeah. But The Last Jedi, what else? What are some of your favorite themes in the movie, then? Failure is the biggest one, but my favorite one is duality. That movie is, like, filled to the brim with things about duality. We were just talking about Luke in, in his last appearance before this in the movies. Was him, like, triumphing over evil and, like, you know, like, I don't know, he was feeling like... It was a very heroic time. Well, and he's... now you see him defeated. That's and like true. That's, that's like true. that's the other side of the coin. You see how your hero was at his best, and now you get to see how he is at his worst. And I think that's like a very cool thing to see because I personally feel like it's a really good interpretation of Luke because he wanted to do the right thing so much. He wanted to train this new generation of Jedi. He was excited to do it. He was training his nephew. Like, there's no way he wasn't excited and happy to be doing it. Mm -hmm. And then. In this split second, he looks into his mind because he could see some anger and stuff. And um, he, like, briefly is just like, like, oh, my God, you're going to kill all my friends. I have to fight you. Like, I have to fight this. I can't mm. let this happen. And he turns on his lightsaber, and then immediately he's like, oh, my God. I was trying to do the right thing, but I almost just did, like, or I took, like, one step even into doing the worst thing imaginable. Mm -hmm. I think it was just such a perfect way for him to fall, and I think he had to be a fallen Jedi in this movie, because why else wouldn't he be there fighting the First Order? He left for an island that no one could find, didn't give anyone a map. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, so otherwise, like, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't he still be there, yeah, you know, he had like to be stopping this from even happening he at would, all? Like, if, he, if that never happened to him, he might not have been able to go there and face down the entire First Order with a laser sword, like he says in The Last Jedi. But he could, he would have, for sure, been helping in the fight. Yeah. But instead, he feels like the last thing he did in this fight was create the leader of the First Order, or one of the leaders of the mm -hmm. First Order. So there's that duality. You get to see Luke at his worst, but there's also a lot with Kylo himself. In, uh, in The Force Awakens... He takes a step into the darkness and kills his father. In this, he has a shot at Leia, and he chooses not to. It's evidence that, like, when Snoke says, like, killing Han Solo split your spirit to the bone, it really did. He doesn't know who he is anymore, and, like, he has a crack on his face to prove it pretty much. Like, yeah. he's crumbling, and his lightsaber is another visual way of seeing that. It's just so cool. <laughs> It's definitely it. I love how I love the character. I yeah. I love Kyle Ren. I think he's an amazing character. I don't know. 
I, a lot of people call him Darth Emo or, you know, things like that. Yeah, I can see that. But I, I, still I understand, him. but he, it's because he's not, like, a totally evil character. Like, he That's does, what's so interesting. He does some of the most evil stuff, but he even... He also does some of the most heroic stuff. He says, like, uh, you know, he goes like, to his master and he says, like, I'm feeling the good stuff again. Like, Yeah, I'm feeling the cult of the life, which is so cool. Come, he's like, come back over here. Like, come back to my base so I can retrain you now, you jerk. Yeah. Just well, so my cool. favorite part about that movie entirely is is him and Ray teaming up. Yeah, so. it's just so excellent. And um, another thing that shows the duality: last time, the big significant kill for Kylo Ren was Han Solo. He killed the good guy in that movie, like pretty much the top good guy in that movie. Yeah. And in this movie, he kills the top bad guy. He kills Snoke and yeah. sides with Ray. He thinks. It doesn't go his way, but, like, he does it, and it's it's just so cool. I like, the like... way that they go both ways. He's showing that he, he's conflicted because he, he kills the bad guy and the good guy, not one or the other. He doesn't know what he wants. Yeah. Well, I feel like he's trying to balance everything out again. Sometimes yeah. I feel like he's taking the Darth Vader path of balancing things out again. Yeah. Because um, Kylo Ren, idolizing Darth Vader... He's not art, he's not idolizing someone who was never a good guy, right? He's idolizing someone That's true. who also did a lot of good things before and then ended and on a good note as well. He's idolizing one of the greatest Jedi and Sith of all time at the same time. I feel so like his idol is split down the People core. see him idolizing or, or you know praying or or whatever he's doing to uh, the Darth Vader helmet and they're thinking like, "Oh, he's trying to be as evil as possible." You know, he's he's trying to you know, be the best Sith of all time or the, you know, he's trying to be the master of the dark side. But when he's talking to Darth Vader, you know, he's talking to someone who was also one of the best good guys of all time, right? I think, I think the only thing that went wrong with Kylo Ren there was like, uh, we find out in episode nine, all the voices he ever heard were Palpatine. Yeah. So like he, if he was idolizing the real Darth Vader, he probably would have seen that Anakin was there too. And that Darth Vader's last moments were as a hero, not a villain. Mm -hmm. And Palpatine wanted to screw his life over basically, I think as revenge against the Skywalker bloodline. So he did that. Yeah. He showed him the darkness and only the darkness. And then Kylo was split down the core. He, well, he didn't tore know everyone what to apart, do. Right? And yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just duality is like such a common thing in this movie. It's in there a lot too and other things like in a lot of small details. And I can't think of all of them, but like if you watch the movie thinking about it, it's everywhere. Another thing I want to talk about why I love this movie is because uh, I actually predicted a bunch of the really cool stuff that happened. So like before the movie came out, well before the movie came out, um... I was thinking when Snoke says he need, Kylo needs to come complete his training in The Force Awakens, I was thinking, like, the way he has to complete it is by killing Snoke. That will complete his training. Like, if he does that, he'll be the main bad guy because we don't know who this Snoke guy is. Yeah. And he kind of just seems like some random guy, which he pretty much turned out to be. And, like, the only reason I couldn't figure out why that would make sense is because I was like, why would Snoke want himself to get killed by Kylo. He doesn't seem like a selfless guy who wants Kylo yeah. to do well. And uh, episode nine actually pieced that together because it's not really Snoke. I think like 
it, it is, but I Snoke think Snoke is, is under pawn. the control of Sidious. Yeah. Like I think Sidious could control anything Snoke said, really. And then like you see a you see a whole bunch of Snoke bodies in his uh, yeah in, in episode nine. I, I like to think actually there's a cool theory. I think it's really cool that I have that when Palpatine died, his spirit like you see the wave come up when he falls yep. down the pit. I think I like to think that that was his spirit like leaving his body and going to one of those clones because yep. he must have already had them probably. And um, the reason he looks all zombified in episode nine is because when he went into that body, he was too powerful and he killed the body and he couldn't figure <laughs> out how to do it without doing that, hmm. which is a very Sith way to come back. Like you can come back, but you're too dark to actually come back properly to do the one thing you want to do. Something to think about. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's interesting to me. So yeah, anyways, that's, that's more like episode nine stuff. Back to episode eight. Again with Luke, I think, and again with duality, you get to see Luke just in this movie being, like, afraid of the power and afraid to face down the First Order. But then at the end of the movie, he does it, and he wins, and he saves the entire Resistance. Like, if he didn't do that, they were all for sure dead or going to be, like, turned... Yeah. Like, there was no way the Resistance would survive that. That was a very... That was a tingly-feeling part yeah. in the movie, too, when he was like, I got something to do, and then you see him, like, he's, he's going to face down. off against Kylo. And it's and it's, it's hilarious. Everyone fire! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hilarious when he walks out of the smoke. You're like, what the hell? How did yeah. he survive that? I remember seeing that. I was, like, gripping onto my seat. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> how the hell did he do that? I was, like, mind blown by how <laughs> how that happened and like it was oh my god it was the perfect moment it's great for me like uh, and um then you see luke have another like he he fell to the darkness somewhat with like losing kylo and blaming himself and not wanting to cause anything worse but then at the end of the movie he comes back to the light and he stops the bad guys without even fighting mm. he doesn't attack even once, he doesn't fake attack, like, yeah. at all. He doesn't even try to block. He just avoids it. He just moves out of the way. Yeah, he does. He and does the perfect kind of, like, zen, like, we don't need to fight. We'll do this. I'll, yeah. I, I'll get rid of them without even hurting them. And I will I think, just get rid of them. I think that's partly what I feel like breaks Kylo at the end. Because he's, I think after this movie, he's more firmly on the dark side than in the middle. And I think that's partly what it was, because he sees himself, he goes to attack Luke, and he would have cut him in half. He, he would have cut his uncle in half. And as we saw with Han, as we see in episode 9, it haunts him. And as Luke says as well, it haunts him that he did that. And he chooses not to kill Leia as well. Yeah. And I just realized another duality there. He chooses to kill one sibling and not the other. But yeah, when he does that, that's like, that's it. He's he's gone to the dark side for at least the time being. He comes back later, but it takes everything well, it's Leia his anger, has. right, too. I and yeah, like, he gives into it totally. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just so pissed to be beaten, and he's, like, he's mad that Ray didn't take his hand. I think we should talk about that, actually. That's one of the... Uh, probably the last thing I want to talk about. Ray and Kylo fighting together, and then him offering to her to join the dark side, mm. basically. Or not even the joint to join the dark side, he says he wants to kill or end the Jedi and the Sith. Yeah. And that's even something he had in common with Luke. Luke wanted to end the Jedi too. Yeah. Ray's the only one who doesn't. And I don't know. I think it's, it's perfect the way, like the way that whole scene happens, you can feel 
the emotion. You can feel how much he wants her to join him and she wants him to join her. And you feel for it because, like, she saw Kylo betraying Snoke and fighting with her. And he saw he saw himself doing that as well and he, her fighting with him. Mm-hmm. So they both thought that they both would turn to yeah. each other's side. Yeah, and they then both at like the end, were. my God, when, like... When he reaches out, like, holds out his hand and, like, offers his hand, like, join me. And, like, you see her face. She's, like, crying. And it's, like, oh, my God. Like, like she she was so hopeful and so happy that they were going to save save their friends, she, save the resistance. And she says in episode nine that she hand. wanted to hold his hand. I know, yeah. Yeah. She says she wanted to take it, but she said she wants Ben's hand, not, not yeah. Kylo. And she sees that, like, Kylo's Confirms still what there. you're saying, right? Kylo's still there, she yeah. She wanted him to... You know, come yeah, over. she wanted him to come to yeah. join the light side. Mm-hmm. She sees, like, in that moment, I think you can see that Kylo is still there. It's not Ben yet, because he still wants to rule the galaxy. And he's, it's like, he's so close, but he's not quite there yet. And mm-hmm. I, I just liked it, because when I was a kid, so bringing back to Return of the Jedi, yeah. in Return of the Jedi, there are those Red Royal Guards, who I know exactly what everyone saying. assumed were the most badass guys in the yeah. world. But like when, when they had toys of those guys or when they had, I remember I had little tiny toys of them guys. With yeah. I'll talk about some of them later. Yeah. Like me and my friends, we used to pretend that they were the most badass guys ever. Me too, when I was a kid. Yeah. And then there are, uh, I know there are comics where you meet some of them. In Force Unleashed as well. You fight them and they're, they're cool. So in Last <laughs> Jedi... When I saw red guard guys, I was like, oh, they're badass, yeah. and they have cool weapons. And they look all samurai, yeah. and they have different masks, different weapons. And they, yeah, and cool. yeah. So they were amazing. So That fight? I was like, oh, we better see them fight, and we did, so. I think, I think they, like Ryan Johnson said before the movie released, he's the director, if you don't know, um, there was a trailer that showed them, like, pull out their weapons, kind yeah. of, and he, I think he said, like, he regretted showing that, because it kind of spoils it in the movie. Yeah. I only watched the reveal trailer for the movie, like the first <laughs> teaser trailer. So I didn't even know they were in the movie at all. I hadn't seen them until the movie happened. And then when I saw them, I was like, oh man, they're really cool, but they're probably not going to do anything. And then Snoke gets cut in half. And I was like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> Dreams do come true. <laughs> it was amazing. That movie just, the whole time, it had so many mind-blowing things for me. Like, from the opening, it's, like, got this super cool fight where they, like, just narrowly escape. They blow up the base. Then, like, Snoke's massive crazy ship tracks them through light speed, and that ship looks awesome as well. Mm. And then, like, they go to Canto Bite, you know, it kind of calms down a bit. And then they get arrested while they're there, so that's kind of crazy. Then they go, like, they're almost caught again when they're escaping, but then DJ comes and saves them. But then they go to do the mission, and he betrays them, and it's, like, so many just, like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> and then, like, the the Holdo maneuver is, like, so incredible to me, and, like... Yeah, and, I know, it's, it's funny, that character, for, for so much, you're like, oh, that bitch! Like, <laughs> yeah, she's kind of And then at the end, the at the like, end, she, she has the part that I, I always admire the characters who self-sacrifice, so... Yeah. It's cool that sacrifice, too, because, like, thinking about just what it means to the Resistance, like, that's their last ship and by far their biggest. Yeah. There was no reason that they should have sacrificed that ship other than to do something like this. Like, and they, I'm sure they did not want to leave it. Like, everyone got on that ship as well. They left the other ones behind and evacuated to that big ship. Yeah. To the Radis. 
even though she does the holdo maneuver, it cracks the ship in half and destroys, or at least, quote-unquote, injures the other ships, incapacitates them. It was like she didn't know it was going to work or how well it was going to work because it was such a big ship she was going to ram. Yeah. Like she, didn't even, she probably didn't know if she was even going to get all the way through it. Um, and, like, that was their only ship. The other thing they have is transports, transports that are getting destroyed at the moment. And, like, she does that, and it's sacrificing, like, it's like, okay, this is the last part of the Resistance, mm. other than, like, these couple little tiny things. This is the last big thing we have. If, like, if this doesn't work, we have nothing. That's and so it. it's so cool. It's a bullet that, like, it's the last bullet in the chamber. Like, it's the only thing they could do at that moment. That's the, it was their only hope to get That's out of That's one it. of the differences between, uh, like, the good guys and the bad guys in Star Wars often... The, like, the Empire, the, you know, Force Order, they're, like, they're, like, the big, shiny, like, overbuilt, you know, yeah. and they're also the, like, you know, I gave you these orders, you're going to follow them whether they're good or not. They're, everything is ordered, everything is done in yeah. a specific way. No question. Yeah, Sorry. everything's been dusted off, uh, whereas the Rebels and the Resistance... They're the like, oh, I'm gonna put duct tape on it and jimmy it, and we'll, we'll we're gonna have, work. we'll we'll see if yeah, we'll whatever we'll make we can this get, work. We'll make yeah. it work. Like yeah. we'll accept you if you want to come join us. We'll accept like these supplies if you want to give them to us. If it's not perfect, we don't care. We'll make yeah. it work. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's uh, that like there's always that fundamental difference. I don't thinking. think I think if the rebels had the uh, or the resistance had the first order in the same like, problem, like, they're like, oh, we're chasing down this one last uh, ship. First Order ship, yeah. That the First Order has. The First Order would be like, um, well, I guess we're going to go down. They like, they wouldn't have any creativity. Themselves. They wouldn't be able to no. adapt. They'd be like, oh, let's run. And then they ran out of gas and, like, everybody flee for themselves. Like, even who like, cares? Imagine if it was the Supremacy, even the big giant Snoke's ship. Yeah. Like, I don't think they would even ram that into other ships, even though, like, looking at it, I think if you did, it would probably survive largely intact. Yeah. But I don't think they'd even risk it. Like, no. they, they wouldn't... There they're wouldn't not the be kind in their playbook, would. you know? They, yeah. They're not the kind of people or the kind of organization who would be like, yes, sacrifice yourself. Unless yeah. it's like... I guess the First Order kind of does that, but they wouldn't say, like, sacrifice a big giant asset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't care if you sacrifice yourself, but they care if you sacrifice their stuff. But, um, yeah, so... It's been lots of uh, talk about these two movies. I think, even though I know both of us could definitely talk about either of these movies for much longer, I think that's good for now. Yeah. You can move on to our next segment. All right, so we're going to switch things up. We're going to talk about Star Wars collectibles. We're going to talk about our collections. Um, and we're just going to talk about what we like to collect. You know, why we, we just, like to collect. Yeah, why <laughs> collect those things. Uh, for instance, the latest thing I bought Star Wars-wise... Well, actually, I bought a hat that you guys have seen <laughs> on Facebook page, if you guys are on that, or on the Instagram page. But uh, the latest toy that I bought was a 12-inch Qui-Gon figure <laughs> that was from, like... It's from, like, the Power of the Force line. It's funny, I wanted to buy, like... I Since I read Master and Apprentice, I really wanted to buy something Qui-Gon because... Whenever I want to buy something like a toy, it's always, it's almost yeah. like I want to like show my love for that character. And then I like to have a collectible of them around. Like I was looking through all of the Qui-Gon figures. I have a couple of the smaller ones. 
but they do not get it right. It does not look like Liam Neeson almost yeah. ever. <laughs> that's a that's a tough thing with a lot of figures in general, but uh, Star Wars figures are weird for it. It's like I, I collect more like the Black Series figures. I have quite a lot of them. And I, until recently, have avoided getting people who are not aliens or wearing a helmet because <laughs> you, their faces always look so weird to me. Yeah. But, I mean, I even looked at the like figure arts figures and I looked at like yeah. some of the higher end uh, collectible toys and could not find one. But anyways, I bought the 12-inch figure because I was in Comic Alley Toys, which is local Oshawa store that has, like, second-hand toys. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, my God, it actually looks like a man. I was like, <laughs> check, the price was right. Yeah. So that's, uh, uh, like, my, my collection is always bits and pieces, and it's always whatever I love that couple months. Once you get on with Fallen Order, maybe you'll be into that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I started Fallen Order, so... I keep getting eaten by a giant weird The Ogdo Bogdo? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> There's a big giant frog boss that you find, and he's like pain in the ass. Yeah. In a cave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a big giant pain. But, but anyway, um, actually, you know what? Speaking of weird Star Wars creatures, one of the things we mentioned it earlier with uh, Salacious Crumb, mm -hmm. I have a Kawaki and Monkey Lizard quote-unquote figure. It's one of many, many things I bought from Galaxy's Edge. I went there the past year in December, and I got, yeah, I got a Quakey Monkey Lizard. He sits on your shoulder, and you can make him laugh and look around, and it's hilarious. <laughs> and I have lots of action figures and stuff, too, but more lately what I've been wanting to collect is more stuff like that, where it's like, hey, this is actually just a thing from Star Wars. I got the Tell us about your whole Galaxy's Edge haul. Like, yeah. I mean, you have, like, a lot yeah, of good yeah, things from there. So, Just well, I went and bought my, well, paid to make my own lightsaber, and it was amazing. I did it partly because, like, you know, I just wanted to make my lightsaber, but there's also, like, a super cool experience. Um, there's, like, one speaker guy telling you how to build the lightsaber. Yeah. And, yeah, like, it was... And well, he's dressed up like so a cool. Jedi of some sort? Uh, or no, what actually, he? he's, like, a scavenger. You, oh, okay. You're supposed to be, like, making these lightsabers, like, out of scrap. They made a BB unit. He's called BB-6T because I like the number 6 and my name starts with T. And there's an astromech droid. I, I bought him some blasters, and I actually don't even have a name for him yet, but I'm thinking, like, BT-something because... From the Dr. Aphra comics, there's a an astromech droid modified to use, like, a bunch of rockets and blasters and stuff. And yep. he's called, I think, BT-1 for blastomech unit instead of astromech yep. unit, which is awesome. I love it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, I like that kind of collectible because it feels like, you know, like, I, I got to take a part of Star Wars home with me. I have an entire, like, desk in my room that's covered in, like, Star Wars stuff. And almost every single thing in there is something from Star Wars, not like a toy of a character from Star Wars. I yeah. do have some of those, but there's, there's a couple of over, over there. there. Yeah, there's two of them. I like how there's like a couple of remotes just piled on top of each other. It looks like yeah. a. It looks cool. It looks like a desk, though. It looks like a workshop desk. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going for. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's 100% what it was. You're like, you know, like someone comes in, they're like, you got any astromech droids? You're like, ah, just, there's yeah. a pile of. <laughs> 
there's a pile of converters over there and blah blah blah. You yeah, know, like, I've got I've right got, past that Sith holocron. I've got two <laughs> Sith holocrons. I've got the one that was the like the Book of Sith, the Vault Edition. It's like a giant holocron. It's supposed to be Sidious's. I think it's from Legends, but I don't care. And then I have the one. There's one from Galaxy's Edge, which is it looks like the one on Malakor in Rebels. And I've got like I've got Kylo's lightsaber, which is like super cool because to me it feels like it feels like now we're in the part of Star Wars that's like after the movies like all those movies are done so like it feels like someone went and fished out Kylo's lightsaber and now I have it just in my room I'm like some collector guy (laughs) which is cool (laughs) it's just a cool cool way of thinking of it to me and of course I'm by cool, I mean, like, extremely nerdy, but... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm picturing, like, the side-by-side of watching someone doing their lightsaber ceremony, you know, like, and, and everyone's thrilled, and they're, you're just like, <gasps> oh! But, like, in the other view, you see, like, a kid at that teddy bear store where they pump them up, and they're like, oh, and then we're going to put the heart in, and we're going to yeah. make a wish to bring them to life. I did that with my lightsaber. <laughs> Put the crystal right in there. I made a wish. The, they didn't ask me to. But it's the same process <laughs> and the same gag, except yeah. for like one is like five like, year olds and one is like it's like grown men who are like, oh, I'm gonna treasure this lightsaber <laughs> forever. It's true. It's <laughs> so cool. <laughs> and in both situations, there's a mom slash wife going like, oh my god. Yeah, it was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I also just bought. I just bought some other stuff as well. There's. Like that Sith book, there's a Rebel version and a Jedi version, and I just bought both of those. And you have, like, a smuggler thing, right? Yeah, I have a smuggler one, too. It's, like, a little, <laughs> uh, like, safe box thing. You have to turn a lock to open it, and then there's, like, a secret panel inside, and that's yeah. what the book called Smuggler's Guide is. And it has, like, stuff written by Hondo and Lando and Han. It's awesome. Is there any more Star Wars collecting that you want to talk about? Because I've talked people's ears off. I actually, I wanted to talk about uh, when I started collecting Star Wars stuff. So when I first started collecting uh, Star Wars toys, obviously we had Power of the Force toys come out. Uh, They're the like short, you know, G.I. Joe sized uh, characters. And like, they're famous for looking a little bit more muscular than they should. Yeah, the super ripped Luke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Luke <laughs> has a big chest and you're like, no, it's, that didn't happen. But <laughs> yeah. I remember for one Christmas when I was a kid, uh, and mom asked me what I wanted and I said like I just want Star Wars figures and she was like yeah, well Star Wars figures and what and I was like no Star Wars figures <laughs> and she was like well like what about maybe like uh, and I was like Star Wars figures that's you know? so cool so I got well I'll explain after I got I think 13 Star Wars action figures uh, that year which if you think about like it's not like Black Series today I think there was only like at that time, there were only maybe like twenty-five yeah, different figures, like anyway. Yeah. So like, that's cool, I definitely actually, that's got really cool. like I definitely got every all of the main characters, and like I got Lando, and I got a few other like characters that maybe weren't as popular in the toy. So I got everyone. I, I I had everyone, and also the other thing that was really big to me was uh, like little tiny micro machine Star Wars guys, and. Me and my friends used to take them to school, and there was two big sand pits, and we'd always take over one of the sand pits and just have all of our guys. And <laughs> that's so cool. I remember I had Boba and Slave One. I had I had a Darth Vader head that opened up, and it <laughs> became the uh, Emperor's uh, throne room. 
and uh, it came with the Emperor and Darth Vader and yeah, it was really cool. I think the only thing I still have is the, um, I have like a tiny, I mean, I don't know if it's Luke, but he's in an X-Wing character suit. I did find that. It's cool. So that's cool. <laughs> it's super cool that you had, uh, was it Christmas that you said? Yeah. Yeah. You had a Christmas where you asked for like just Star Wars because I've done that too more than once now. And, like, the, I think the first time I did it was mostly Star Wars books. That's when I started my collection. Yeah, and that's I how that. I started my collection. I got, like, 15 Star Wars books. It yep. was awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's one of the most reliably fun Christmases. Don't, don't mention <laughs> Star Wars and Christmas at the same time. Oh, God. Um, Star Wars is one of those things that's, like, it helps you remember being, like, being a kid, being young, having it's that, like, enthusiast, uh, like, that... Yeah, that enthusiastic outlook. And when you're a kid and you see Star Wars, it's like, whoa, like yeah. the whole time. Oh, it's yeah. just like mind-blowing. And then you can go get the figures and you can make all that stuff happen when you're playing with them. Yeah. As much as, you know, like it's not really, it's just toys and whatever. But I don't know. If you were a kid who played with Star Wars toys, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about when I say yeah. that. It's such a creative kind of world that if you're into it, you're probably going to be kind of creative like that. And it's like obviously... The, you have this thing where, like, you're always like, oh, yeah, well, my lightsaber's orange. Yeah. Like, nobody has an orange one. My lightsaber is orange in Fallen Order. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You took my idea. Cool. <laughs> I was always the orange That's for taking too. all my Jedi <laughs> last time. That was good, actually. I listened to Took all to my that. Jedi in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's time for the draft. This is the fun part. I feel like this is the best part of our podcast so far. Yeah, it's very fun. Every it's time. fun. I believe it's my turn to go first. This yes, time. I, went I let first you last go time. first, and I'm going. So, to... oh yeah. So before we get into it, let's remind everyone the uh, this draft this week is about uh, it's a trench run draft. So we're picking like a team of four ships who we think would be good at a trench run, and we're going to be shooting. Uh, you know. Something about as small as a womp rat from yeah from from uh, they're not much bigger than two meters <laughs> yeah <I don't> know. <laughs> there's no way they're two meters George <laughs> Lucas doesn't know meters <laughs> yeah anyways that's um, a giant rat yeah <laughs> it's bigger than me <laughs> it's a lot bigger than that's me. true yeah no like a person's not two meters yeah. so anywho uh, uh, yeah let's get started we imagine got, him um, being like yeah I shot horses back. <laughs> It wasn't too hard. <laughs> I used to go manhunting. People aren't much bigger than two meters. <laughs> he was actually uh, he was actually a bounty hunter back at home. <laughs> Nobody's his secret past. No one knew. All right. Um, for that, I am going to pick Anakin Skywalker. Okay, he's. With. I have a big giant list because I have a lot of backups. He's on the backups list. I feel like he should be on most people's list. Yeah. Um, he's pretty much known as the best pilot in the galaxy ever. Yeah. It's in funny. Many it's funny, ways. actually, in all three trilogies, one of the main characters is the best pilot in the galaxy. Yeah. I find it funny, though, how Anakin is like seen as one of the best pilots ever, and then when he becomes Darth Vader... I don't really feel like he gets that same respect. Well, is there a is there's part of Rebels where just Darth Vader is against like a portion of the Rebel fleet at that time, and he wrecks them. And there's in some of the books, there's I think it's the one the book called Lords of the Sith. 
there's lots of Darth Vader piloting, and like he terrifies the rebels because he just rips them apart every time. Oh, okay. Yeah, All so right. he he does still have that reputation. I think people just don't know who Darth Vader is as much. Yeah. But anywho. All right, Anakin, first pick for me. I think my first pick is going to be Harris and Dula slash uh, just the ghost. Is that on your list? Yeah, it's on your yes. list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anyways, um, yeah, I, I think. If anyone's watched Rebels, you know she's a good pilot, and the Ghost is an amazing ship. I think that it's quite a bit better than the Millennium Falcon. No offense to people who like the Falcon more. <laughs> it's a good; they're both good ships, but the Ghost doesn't fall apart all the time. It's actually really reliable, and it's got lots of like fancy stuff in it. But yeah, like it's a very, very impressive ship, and she's a very impressive pilot throughout that whole show. Yeah, I I know I love the one episode in Rebels where they steal that special Tie Defender. On the fall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sabine and Sabine and Ezra and Ezra steal it, and they're saying like, "Oh, they stole one of the uh, they stole the special Defender." The, the tie it's defender. like a test one. It's just yeah, yeah Tie Defender prototype. Prototype, that's the word, that's the yeah, word I was yeah. searching for. So, and then he's taking out, they're taking out other TIE fighters, and uh, one of the persons says, like, oh, man, they're taking them out really quickly. Like, wh- who do you think, when one of the rebels took it, is it Hera? And Thrawn says, like, if that was Hera, they'd be gone already. That's so cool. So, <laughs> obviously, Thrawn gives her the respect. Yeah. Yeah, he, no, he, he says... he's not one... He says if that was Captain Syndulla, this would be over now. He's not the kind of person who would get something wrong like that. He wouldn't exaggerate, so no. I think he's totally right. If that was Hera, they would have been... Yeah, dead. if, you know, if um, you know about Thrawn, you know that he can pretty much predict the future, so he yeah. knew that... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's good for Hera for now. I think there's something else I, don't I want think to say, but I don't remember. I don't think anyone's doubting Hera right now. Yeah. So, your next pick. All right. Well, I know who I was going to pick next, but I really wanted, uh, (laughs) possibly, but the problem now is that I really wanted to build it with Hera as the planner, because I do really like a lot of other pilots, but I feel like they, I mean, I'm going to pick Wedge for that reason. I will, that will be my backup planner. Wedge is good. Obviously he was, uh, he led the, uh, I don't uh, remember for sure, but he leads Rogue Squadron after Luke leaves, right? Yeah. I know he's a damn good pilot. He shows up a lot of times after that. He's in he's in Rebels before that. And just like he's he's always a really good pilot. Yeah. I feel like he's the best that a human could be. Yeah. Like he's I mean, I guess like maybe just not a normal human white. generally. Anyways, I don't I'm know. putting him on the team specifically because of his credentials with Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Obviously some of that is legends, but he'll be the planner. Hero uh, yeah. is going to be my planner, but yeah, I'll have no, wedges my for that too. Yeah, I feel like I'm putting my team down already. Good, uh, <laughs> you're going down. I'm coming back. Okay, go on. Poe Dameron. My next one is Poe Dameron. Um, I, I don't know if you've if you've watched the new movies. He's a damn good pilot. Like he survives on Exegol for well, I mean he survives, <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, Snap Wexley his second best pilot uh, other than him in his squadron is like you know he gets screwed over he dies in that and he like Poe's pretty you know bummed about it he seems pretty surprised about it too and like yeah so like that's that's a tough battle to be a part of because there were so many Star Destroyers and ships flying around like just TIE Fighter kind of ships I forget what those ones are called but 
and like he survives. It's, and it's impressive because usually the uh, the good guys in anyone they're always outnumbered. Yeah. But it's like the difference between out being much. outnumbered like ten to a hundred and being like you know they a thousand had, rebels or a hundred rebels to like a million yeah, like star destroyers. It like, wasn't. It was like a. Like two dozen rebels, I think, at the beginning. Yeah. Like, there's not that many of them, and he survives. And I don't think a lot of them did. Um, so yeah, he survives that fight. And there's a part people probably remember from Force Awakens where the, it's when Maz's castle is being destroyed, and the resistance comes in, and Poe, yeah, like he goes on them. a run. I think it's eleven ships that he destroys in one run, which is like really impressive. <laughs> Speaking as uh, not to toot my own horn, but a good pilot in Star Wars Battlefront. Like, I've done stuff that's like that, and, like, that's really hard, and it's probably easier to kill those ships in a game than yeah, in, in real game, life. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true. So, like, it's pretty impressive what he can do, and I don't know, I don't I don't doubt him for a second. He flies the Falcon as well, and, I mean, it ends up on fire, but I think that's more because he pushes <laughs> it, and he escapes while doing something crazy. Yeah. And he can pull that off. The other TIE fighters that were following him did not pull it off. They all crashed into yeah, various things. Yeah, TIE fighters. And he was smaller. in the Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. That ship's big and not as maneuverable as a and TIE fighter. And the impressive run um, taking out all the turrets. Yeah. When he, on when the, he tripped yeah, the dreadnought. at the love start. That. Yeah. yeah. That's another part of The Last Jedi I love. <laughs> I... I We'll talk, yeah, that's that again. that's for another um, day. But yeah, like, and we need to talk about Hux eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right, your next pick. Um. So I got Anakin and Wedge. So this time I'm going to pick a pilot who I think is she's on a bunch of lists of good pilots, but she's always near like the ten mark. I feel like she should be higher. Out of Gallia, she is the main character of Jedi Starfighter. There you go. The yeah. game, which I, I, I really liked. I never really played that it's game. It's kind of a favorite for me. It's kind of one where I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm not going with... I didn't just look up the list and say, like, oh, I'll pick the top guys from yeah, here and yeah. I will win. <laughs> it's got to have <laughs> oh. a little touch of me in it as well. And, uh, yeah, I love that game. That game was what got me started on playing the flying games. And I like the flying games more than anything in Star Wars. Yeah, the well, flying in Star Wars. I didn't play those games, but flying in Star Wars is... Really fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited about the new game coming out. Squadrons, yeah. Um, so basically, Addy Gallia definitely convinced you to love flying a ship. Yeah. And, I mean, as the main character of the game, I don't know that game very well at all, but I'm going to assume she's a really good pilot. She is a really good pilot. She's <laughs> yeah. uh, she's one of the better Jedi Starfighter pilots, obviously. You have yeah. some good characters uh, in that Clone, era, Clone Wars era. Uh, who are pilots, but to me, like, that's, is she, I want her. She's on my yeah. team, so. Yeah, she's she's a good one. So, I'm going to go with Revan and crew. I think Cartho Nassi is technically the pilot. Yeah. Did yeah. you pick them, too? It looked like you did. No. Okay. <laughs> you didn't look happy. No. But, yeah, I, anyways. <laughs> that look was, you're going to pick Revan in every list, aren't you? No. I don't actually like Revan as much as other people do. I kind of just thought of him and I was like, you know, he's got a cool ship and it's one of the bigger ships too. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't really want to pick Slave One or the Falcon because that's, I feel like that's too. Yeah, simple. Karth is the <laughs> character who is more like the he's like the Han, Solo. Pilot, Han Solo. Yeah, guy. yeah. he's uh, he's Han Solo. Obviously, he differentiates himself in a lot of ways, but he's yeah. Han Solo also for Mission all purposes of when they put that game together. They obviously were like, oh, let's have a type of this and a type of that and yeah. a type of this. Yeah. So. But yeah, so I picked him, I think he's, well, 
the Ebon Hawk, let's just go with, is a good pick because um, it's another crew kind of ship like the Ghost, so it's a bigger ship, which I think helps in the trench run. We'll talk about why our trench run teams work after. But also, um, they are really good. I mean, like, they fly around and you get caught in space just shooting, like, shooting down little ships all the time. It happens fairly often, and I don't think it's all that hard to lose, or all that easy to lose. Like, it's a tough ship, and, like, it's got cannons on the top, I think, on the bottom, and I think it's got forward-facing cannons, similar to the Ghost and the Falcon. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think they're, like, a good team. They're, they have a lot of synergy with each other. And they're not, like, I don't think they're mind-blowingly good, but, yeah. Well, we're getting they're, down... They're good to fill up that part we're of the getting, We're at the third there, so... Yeah, so and now, yeah, let's now go with we're at your... Round four. Four. So, we're only picking four this week, too, so this is yes. the... This, this is the, the rounded-out one. one. I want to win, so I'm picking <gasps> Luke Skywalker. Oh, no! <laughs> That's impossible! <laughs> He can shoot giant womp rats. They're like the, <laughs> they're the size of an elephant, and he can shoot them from his land speeder. Um, obviously, you know you he got, probably needs the least introduction here. Yeah, but. He, yeah, he's he did the trench run. He, he was pretty he, good at he it. Did and this was and that was him just like jumping in an X wing. You know, I feel like at that time he wasn't. You know, he was obviously a pilot, and he's you know he says I, I'm pretty good pilot myself and everything like that, but. His experience, uh, he obviously wasn't so experienced at that point either, and he was able to do it. I feel like he could fly any ship. Yeah. I think he could jump into anything yeah, and fly there. it. It was like the force helped him out, but also he's definitely good at flying. Yeah. You can't be that good without, like with just the force, you need to actually be good at it. <laughs> yeah. He's the only one who could do the trench run. Yeah, so that's that's a that's a good pick. And then, <laughs> and then he became part of, he was the leader of Rogue Squadron, I think. But, uh, yeah. so that, yeah, that's yeah, gonna, that's, uh, that's the end of my team. So part of me wants to pick the Millennium Falcon with Lando because he did the trench run too. Yeah. But I realized I have Poe, he did the trench run too. <laughs> it yeah. was a different kind of trench well, run, was, but yeah. he did it, yeah. I want to pick something like, I don't want to just pick something because you pick something. I want to pick what I feel like. So I'm going to go with Cad Bane. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know he showed up on my list before too. I promise that's not going to happen every time. But um, next, he has. Next we're doing like who the who the best like Disney Jawa. princess is or something like that. Best Jawas. <laughs> best Jawas. <laughs> Chief Chirpa. Nope, that's an Ewok. I think. <laughs> Chief Nebit. That's a Jawa. <laughs> um, anyways, so yeah, I picked Cad Bane. I don't actually know how good of a pilot he is, but he's good at most That's things. He's not a good quite, start. He's quite good at most things. And I know his ship is really good. He has the same ship as Magna Guards have. It's like a... I don't know how to describe it. It looks weird. <laughs> it's called the, I think, Xanadu Blood. And he it's like a rapid-fire kind of ship. It has, like, machine gun sort of things on, on the wings, and, like, it's very agile and maneuverable. And, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, Cad Bane is very good at most things. So, yeah, I, I, that's what I want to pick for my last one. If you want to maybe kind of take us through the idea, like what you think your team would be doing while it's flying around. Um, all right. Um, so, obviously, the plans are going to be made. Like, it's going to be it's going to be fairly, you know, like even between people. But uh, the, the leader will be Wedge. 
I think if you take all these characters from different points, like obviously Luke was Wedge's boss at one point, but I think Wedge is the one who ends up with the most experience in planning something out. Yeah. Anakin and Adagalia are just amazing pilots. I feel like Luke and Wedge are more better at following the plan, but I feel like when it comes to maneuvers, um, Anakin and, and Ada would, uh, Addy would, would be really good at, um, being able to perform difficult maneuvers. So in what I would have is I would have Luke going after whatever it is, whatever the target is. Um, I would have wedge in support and then I might have Anakin and Addy going, taking on, covering all the targets who are going after them. I think that's the way to go. I can't really describe anything else that I thought specifically. Like maybe if I had hair, I would have I would have come up with like something a little bit if different. Only. But uh, <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll go through why I picked my team the way I did, and who who will do what. So yeah, I think Hera is the obvious pick for leader. She leads a squadron pretty often. And she definitely knows what she's doing. She can coordinate a mission like that beforehand and during. She's she's definitely good in the moment. I think, well, Poe would definitely, definitely be the one doing the trench run. Because, again, he did it already. And he's the best pilot. Like, on, on my team, at least, he's the mm. best pilot. I feel like he's... He's an argument for number one, I he's think. He's, like, like, great for doing the trench run. He could probably evade turrets pretty well. And, um... So Hera would be, like, coordinating, kind of. Revan would be, like, a similar kind of thing. But I think I think you could have the Ebon Hawk go in, like, try to go in above, like, the trench and take okay. out turrets ahead yep. so that, that the run is less difficult for Poe. And then my idea for Cad Bane was to have him go behind Poe and kind of act as, like, his wingman. And so if anyone gets in between them, he can try to blow them up yep or if anyone gets behind Cad Bane they'll be really far behind Poe and then he can kind of try and evade them or it'll be hard hard well, and you for have, them to get if to if you Poe. have Hera overviewing the whole thing then she could she can coordinate it she too. could definitely coordinate and be like yeah. someone's coming up behind you I never really thought of that role yeah so like I think it's a team where like people can kind of fulfill more than one purpose I mean if if you needed to defend say the Ebon Hawk while it tur- took out turrets or something Poe could help defend it if he didn't need to. Um, Cad Bane's ship is good at destroying things fast because it has, like, rapid-fire cannons or turrets. Yep. Um, Like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, it's a good team because it's got some good ships and some good pilots. It's definitely a good team, just not as good as mine. Uh, Agree to disagree. (laughs) We'll we'll see how this goes. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think that's just about all I want to say for my team. Yeah. Yeah. That's another good, it's another fun draft. Yeah. Anyways, um, that's going to be enough for our show today. We're trying to grow things out. We're uh, we're getting there. We have over a hundred likes, so I will yeah, be doing. That's exciting. I will be doing a giveaway now. I'm going to be giving away a uh, first order flame trooper pop figure. Not a big prize, but once we get to a thousand likes, we'll get a bigger prize. Yeah. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I'm going to do a like, share, comment That'll type be, Facebook yeah. thing. And as always, you can word. reach us at our uh, email. Rogue Sons Podcast at gmail.com. It is. It's also on our Facebook, so. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's all for today. Um, have a good one. Oh, that-
that's hilarious. <laughs>